0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio.
1: What is up, everyone? It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Midtown Business Radio Show. Well, not really the host. I'm a co-host on on today's show. We have Atlanta Gain Lesbian Chamber of Commerce with us in the studio today, as we do every month, soon to be ramping up in number of times that we have them on the show, I have a feeling. (laughs) We are dealing with some technical effort here. Got Emma doing sound back behind here, getting the video going. Where are you streaming? Are you on YouTube or are you on Facebook? No, I'm on Facebook Live, baby. Go to Facebook Live. You can check out what is happening. On
2: Emma Knows Money. Yeah, Yeah, in the studio. All the funny things we're doing
1: and saying and (laughs) everything behind the the scenes here. Got a couple of good guests with us in the studio today, focusing on some technology. Sounds like.
2: Yes, and that's why I'm teched out today. <laughs> that's right. I wanted to show my expertise. <laughs> Big timing us,
1: rolling into the studio, like right as we're getting ready to do the last minute sound check.
2: Hey, it's perfect. i have been doing
1: this long enough. I've been now, doing this like, long
2: enough. Like, I only need a minute to do a sound check. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter. Just keep my seat warm. But, but I have to say, I am very excited about the show today. Little known secret is my degree is actually in information systems. Oh. So I am a closet techie. <laughs> from 20-some-odd years ago, so I have tons of questions for everyone. (laughs) Great,
0: great. Well, we have Joanne Pfeiffer from Eastern Data. Uh, She's the Senior Account Manager, Director of E-Commerce, joining us. And also we have uh, Drew Barton from Southern Web. Uh, Drew is the founder and president, so uh, welcome. Thank
2: you. Thank you. So I've been watching this show called Silicon Valley. I don't know if any of you are familiar with it. No, I, I have blank a, stares. No. <laughs> but you know, it's a show about you know some guys, the kind of the the, the startup craze. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed when when you're dealing with people in the technical world or in IT, it's how do you get what you know and what's important to you and what makes sense to you? How do you put it in common language so that the everyday end user can understand what you're saying?
3: Well, in many cases. As with any category, there's all these acronyms that people who are in the field know what the heck you're talking about when you say, you know, you're using an SAS or an ESDI or different connections and things like that. But typically, if you just kind of word out what the acronym actually stands for, and then if you still get that blank stare, then you can go further. Okay. But usually if the, you know, the very first time that you bring up an acronym, you actually say it, the acronym, and then you actually say the, the long version of what the acronym means, and that helps a little bit. Okay. Um, and a lot of times you had just, you know, you can tell by the feedback that you get from the person that you're looking, talking to is, you know, the eyes kind of go foggy. So you and, see that glaze, yeah. the glazed, glazed yeah. over look. Kind of <laughs> like you did when I said, you know, SAS, hard drives, uh, which is a very common term if you're using in, you know, the storage, storage area. Okay. So that's kind of what I do. I know Drew. Because you're in kind of a different field than me. You're in more of the coding and the web development.
4: We have plenty of abbreviations. I think when you find yourself using abbreviations instead of working towards the solution, like in your particular case, you were talking about that person not having enough storage that's the yeah. pain that they're having so you're solving the pain that they're having rather than the sas or the sas solution you're right. you're working towards what's ailing them at that moment rather than selling them an abbreviation no one wants to buy an abbreviation or an acronym of anything really they want to find a solution okay. and so if your proposal and your talk with your client uh, surrounds anything other than the pain that they're having that's when you know you're getting off base and and, and no one buys on abbreviations or and unless you're way down a, a rabbit hole in technology but by and large if you're selling towards what they're looking for that focus that's <laughs> exactly it
0: <laughs> you, know? you know i'm i'm uh, an idiot when it comes to a lot of the technology and uh i, I just I, I expect that you probably would rather somebody be, you know, open and up, up front with you, you know, that, you know, nobody's fooling you when you're talking and that person, you know, nods their head as if they, you know, know what you're saying. Uh, but you'd much rather, I'm sure, have them say, you know, I don't really understand that. That's, that's not in my wheelhouse.
2: Well, Joanne, so here's a, here's a terminology. And so here's one, uh, EDI. So when I hear mm-hmm. EDI, I think of old school electronic data interface. Yes. Okay. That's so, you know, shopping carts, that's what I came into the business to mm-hmm. do. So with your, but that's not what EDI means for your, you and your company. No, it does. Oh, it does? Yes. Bing, 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 bing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the area that I'm a director for. Oh, okay. It's my area of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, it's, just think of Amazon. Okay, and it all kind of resolves around the e-commerce world. Yes, it does. And then EDI is just an implementation of uh, the data set standards that people use to communicate back and forth electronically. So, tell me, how would you approach? So,
2: you're talking to to me, who, even though I have a little bit of knowledge, my knowledge is from you know back in the late '90s. So, in today's world, I know absolutely nothing, right? How would you talk to a small business owner? Um, that needs help, but doesn't know where to start or what they really need. So, how do you come in? You meet a business owner, and they say, "I need help." But
3: well, there's plenty of spaces um, and companies available who do that onboarding of a new customer who is brand new into the e-commerce world and is looking to, you know, uh, let's just say, get the, stick their toes in the water a little bit and see if it's something for them. And it's usually just entrepreneurs okay. um they're thinking well there's all the like in the amazon marketplace there's thousands and thousands of of these websites and these you know frontal stores virtual stores and there are just people basically working on their houses in a lot of cases or in you know but all the way up to you know companies that are doing four or five million annually um so if somebody's starting then i refer them to other companies that would walk them through the process Great uh, segue into this. Joanne, why
0: don't you tell us a little bit about Eastern Data and, yeah. and what you do?
3: Well, for me, I have two main focuses, two areas of responsibility. One is the e commerce area, and my major account that I uh, work with um, in the e commerce is Amazon. We provide a lot of Microsoft products for Amazon as well as uh, Lenovo products and just recently brought on some hard drives and they're also purchasing memory from me and uh, a variety of things. And in that case, we are what's called a direct fulfillment supplier for Amazon. So I'll be sitting at my desk and all of a sudden, ding, ding, ding. And I get an email and it's a list of 15 orders that it's up to me to process. And I go into Amazon's portal, and they provide uh, a packing slip and a shipping label. And we make uh, the box look like it came from Amazon.
2: Oh, so when I place an order, as I did for some uh, something to connect my computer to it my could, Mac, something, could that could have been from...
3: could come from a million different places around the world. Um, and
2: that's how I get things yeah. so quickly, because they
3: are positioned all over the Correct. place. And that's what their uh, logistics... Does they determine based on price and distance and cost, all kinds of things? Depends on who gets the order. And everybody's battling with one another to try to get what's called the buy box on Amazon. Uh, when you go to a main Amazon page for a product and you look over on the right, it's place order here and it's usually highlighted in yellow. That's what's called the buy box. But also on that same page, there's usually about three or four other choices, which maybe cost more, maybe cost less. And, there's, and then you can also go to another page and there's like 40 others that could, you could buy from. And that's just what's called the marketplace. And they all battle with one another based on, you know, cost and all kinds of other things to try to get that buy box. Because obviously that's where people go first to, to purchase something.
2: But you're in a place where most, most people want to be because you're now kind of a recognized retailer on Amazon?
3: Well, we are blind. Where you have these marketplace accounts, they all have names. You know, Beach Audio, there's Adorama is a biggie, Beach Camera, there's, there's all kinds of them. But what we are is called a direct fulfillment. So we're actually pretending like we are Amazon. Gotcha. We, um, it will say ships and sold by Amazon.com, but it's actually coming from us. So th- it's a different dynamic with the area that I'm in with that. And then I also do um, regular account representation. That's my other area of responsibility. And I sell two accounts around locally and nationally where we provide systems and servers. We build products for them. And we also provide components for the computers as well as notebooks, enterprise networking. So, if
2: a stuff. small business want, needed you know, computers and they didn't want to go through right. Dell, they didn't want to go, I'm going to well, say, yeah, Dell instead yeah, of did, Apple, they could come to
3: yes. you and say, right, this because, is what we're trying yes,
2: to do and how we mm-hmm. want things to be. Well, integrated. yeah, the
3: manufacturers don't want to deal with. You know the the Soho um, small office home office That's like what is Soho? <laughs> you know the, the mid sized businesses they they're only the main manufacturers are only dealing with the large enterprise level okay uh, folks, and even then we get our foot in the door with them too. so we're we're um, specialized in selling to mid to you know small companies. Um, they can be resellers or they can be uh, end users. So,
0: taking a little bit further you wouldn't turn down any business from a larger organization. Oh no, no. I've been knocking
3: on the door with <laughs> and, and that was and that's why our company loves AGLCC so much because it has provided the opportunity for us to get in with these enterprise corporations especially around Atlanta, the Fortune 1000, Fortune 500 companies where I, you know, I would just be, you know, a Joe Schmoe knocking on the door, I would never get anywhere with these buyers or even get through to who, you know, the person you want the procurement directors. But through AGLCC, I now have um, connections with Cox Enterprises. I have connections with First Data. I have connections with Coca-Cola Company, with Georgia Power. And it is a long process to, you know, move up the rankings to finally get that first, you know, purchase order. But, you know, and I'm working on it. And that's why, you know, when they came time for us to renew our AGLCC membership, you know, my management came to me and says, what is our ROI on this membership? And I said, well, and I, I basically said exactly what I just said, that we would not be in the position that we were at had it not been for the AGLCC going to the various business builder lunches, and then going to the the Fourth Friday events, and then going to all the, um, you know, the, you did the the
2: procurement spotlight. The I believe. procurement
3: spotlights were just like awesome for me. Were you it in the Shark Tank? A, I was the first shark. You tank. were the first Shark Tank, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And uh, it was it was exciting. It was awesome. I loved it, and um, I really, you know, I just have a wonderful time, and I go out and network. And after I gave my little spiel back to my management saying why we should be a member of the AGLCC, there was no hesitation whatsoever. We renewed.
2: Yeah, we're going to have to figure out how to do a deeper partnership with you guys uh, to help our SoHos. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, to to, to help out our SoHos. So I'm not on the board anymore, so I don't know if you guys already have something taken care of. But tell me a little bit about... You know, you, what are your skills? What's your knowledge? How do you, how are you able to help people the way you're able to help people?
3: Well, I'm a old time nerd. I was way back when uh, running 300 baud BBSs, if anybody knows what those are. I do. And I was, you know, I had my hands in the old Atari 1040s. I had my hands in Commodore 128s and the old Apple IIc's. And I just kind of grew up in that that community. And the reason being was because I was a musician. Another acronym called MIDI, which stands for Musical Instrument Digital Interface, um, was just coming on board. And in order to learn MIDI, you had to learn computers. And it was very, very difficult to get, you know, the synthesizer to work with the drum machine to and then finally to get it recorded all at the same time. So you really had to know you had to know the technical aspects of a computer and all the various connections it was it's more compli- it was more complicated back then and it is trying to put together a you know a network for you know a, a 50 person office it was incredibly difficult and very complex and so that's kind of i grew up in that and so and then that just blossomed into oh well i'm really a nerd at heart and then so i just got into the um Account management for uh, you know selling computers and all the different components and all the different parts and so that's kind of how I grew up so I have I have that background and then I also through my uh, volunteer work I learned um, quite well uh, Microsoft Office Suite and various uh, other publishing uh, like uh, Photoshop and Corel Draw and Excel. I'm kind of like an expert level in Excel. I can do you know all kinds of the formulas, pivot and, tables, and all that, pivot tables and the V lookups, <laughs> and Excel. and you have to know that for the e-commerce because that's how they communicate. You know, and a lot of it all boils down to a very simple file, but it's the machinations of that file that makes it difficult and complex. So and that's kind of where I come from.
0: Joanne, do you work out of an office or do you telecommute?
3: I telecommute. I've been doing it. Yes, <laughs> I've been doing that for uh, well since I came on board with Eastern Data, which was in 2014. I've been telecommuting, and I use a wonderful program called TeamViewer. It basically gives you your desktop at work, but you're at you know any location in in the world, and as long as you have a phone, a tablet, or a full blown desktop computer, or an
2: iWatch. Not, Not yet. yet. <laughs> Not yet. But that's
3: coming, I'm sure. You can log in and all of a sudden you got your desktop sitting in front of you. And the only requirements of the the home office is that they give you a desktop that's hooked up to their network. And they it's it just works great. So that's how I telecommute.
2: What about servers? Do you guys have like a server farm in your at your location or <laughs> yes.
3: you do? It's it's a it's not a large one, but we have specialty servers for our email, for various appliances, for our security, for our um, you know internal database, and then we partner with Sage with um, there that gives us our all of our uh, database, accounting, and our order entry and all that. What is Sage? Stuff. Sage is a, a company. It's a software company, and they have um, where we use their software program.
2: I'm asking because Sage is also the older. um,
3: For yes. Yes,
2: the LGBT group called Sage. So I had to make sure that we knew that we weren't talking about the same thing.
3: That's That's right.
0: Do you get to travel
3: much? I do a little bit. A company sent me uh, to uh, several events. I went down to Tampa and went to one of the national distributors called Tech Data. Uh, that's like a fifty billion dollar enterprise distributor. That's just you know massive, and they partnered with Microsoft for a launch of their new Surface laptop that just came out as an upgrade. And so I was I got sent to that, and I spent three days down there. And then I do travel. Um, I've been to Amazon a couple of times, and you know met and visited with them. And that's always a trip. And that's in Seattle, their headquarters. Um, so those have been like my two major trips, but not. Not too much, maybe two, three, four times a year.
2: So, in in the IT world, just like many worlds, the financial world, the banking world, the this world, and yeah. the that world, is very male centric. How is your company, or is your company supportive of your transgender status?
3: Very much so, and it's been a wonderful revelation. Let me tell you, because I was very worried when I did, you know, come on board and you know speak to the management, you know, about that, and it was like one hundred percent. It's you, and there was no issues. And, and the, the nicest thing was, was the president came to me and said, and if anybody causes an issue, I want to know about it. So they're protective of me, they support me. Um, That's great. It's, yeah, it really hasn't been an issue, uh, which is not typically the case. So I've been very lucky in that, in that aspect, so I'm very happy with that.
2: You're making me smile.
3: <laughs> yeah. We're all smiling, right? We're all we're all sitting here smiling.
2: Um, what about you? Mentioned volunteer work. Tell us a, uh, about the volunteer work that you do in the transgender community.
3: I'm very involved with um, locally. We had um, local. Well, it was, it was really a national transgender conference that was known as the Southern Comfort Conference. It had been a 25 year institution here in Atlanta, and it was at one time the largest trans conference in the world. We were up to about 1,200 attendees. It would always happen in September. Um, and I was responsible for just about anything. And I worked my way up as a simple a welcome desk volunteer all the way up to I was conference chair in 2014. It involved just a myriad of things that you had to do. We had presenters. I worked with all the presenters. You have to recruit presenters. You have to get their bios and get all of their, you know, it's like herding, hat, herding cats a lot of times, but we would put on about a hundred seminars over a three-day period. And that wow. can get very <laughs> complicated because everybody's going all their own way. We were originally down at the Sheraton here in Midtown, and then we've been out at the Crown Plaza, out at our perimeter. The conference did move after 2014, um, and moved to Fort Lauderdale, um, unfortunately. But there is a new conference; it's called the uh, Peach State Conference, and I've been involved with them. You said Peach State? Peach, like State. Georgia? State. Okay, yes. Yeah, it. Peach State, um, and it's just a lot of work. I, you know, I've done. I do the website for them. I done the um, all their marketing i've done fundraising as well as the programming for that and on top of that i'm in a band that's playing at the conference so, <laughs> uh it i usually typically i'm putting in about 20 hours a week uh for that what do you play sorry i have a degree in guitar so i play guitar right now i play for the um Uh, Atlanta Freedom Band. So you
4: don't just play it. You have a degree in guitar.
3: In classical guitar. Oh, my. Wow. So I play classical guitar, but my my love is jazz. So I'm in what's a group called the Metronomes, which is a (laughs) 20-piece stage band, jazz band, um, which is part of the Atlanta Freedom Bands Coalition, which is a pretty large organization. They have a concert band, which is about 100 members. They have the stage band, which I'm in, which is about 20 members. And then I also just recently joined the marching band. And I am playing guitar in the marching band. How does that happen? That's, well, they have these little guitar amplifiers that are now battery operated that weigh about 7 to 10 pounds. And you put a, a long strap on it and it, it's over my shoulder and it hangs there. And I plug my electric guitar into it. And they just love it, and it's almost—it's pretty loud. It's—I wish it was louder, you know. I'm typical guitarist. <laughs> uh, but I march along, and you should see the looks on the faces of people when you know, when I'm marching by, and they go, "Is that a guitar?" You know? <laughs> uh, but it's very—it's very rewarding. The Atlanta Freedom Bands is a visibility LGBT organization, and so we—you know—it's also part of my volunteer work as well.
2: I like that. I've never seen a guitar in a marching band, so I guess technology is helping on so many different fronts. I'll
3: be marching at Atlanta Pride. We'll be there. So
2: we will see you. It's fun. All right. Sir?
4: Yes. (laughs) Drew, Drew, Drew. (laughs) Now the pressure is on. Now the pressure is
2: on. The pressure is on. So... I was looking at your website. I have to say, from a, a mobile device standpoint, I was so impressed. Thank you. Um, I was very impressed with it, and it. It. I was going to ask you a bunch of questions about uh, what is that thing I'm trying to learn? Um, WordPress, mm-hmm. and yeah. was it whether or not it was a WordPress site, and blah blah blah. But offline. Um, so it is. It is.
4: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that means I learned something. <laughs> I was like, I know this. I think I have the same exact thing. Um, so you're you're with a company called Southern Web. I am, and you um, you're a graduate of Emory degree. I, I mean Emory, Emory University. Yeah, and um, tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to uh, to create Southern Web.
4: Sure. Um, graduated from Emory University in 1999. Uh, spent a year with a dot com startup that didn't. Were um, you a
2: millionaire on paper?
4: No, I was
2: no I options. couldn't even afford
4: the paper. Oh. It was that bad. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so it didn't quite start up. Uh, towards the end, I went ahead and got my real estate license. And on the day that I passed my real estate exam, I got a call, CNN, saying, "Would you be interested in being our webmaster?" And I said, "Yes." And they said, "Well, hold on. This is for third shift." And I said, well, what's third shift? And they said, it's from 11 p.m. to 7 in the morning. And I said, yes. They said, well, we need you to think about it just a little bit because it's 11 p.m. to 7 in the morning. And I said, I don't really need to think about it. (laughs) Yes. And so for the next three years, I worked at CNN.com as the webmaster. When you do CNN's website, people say, would you do mine too? And I (laughs) have this habit of saying yes. And over time, I developed 30 or 40 clients out of being involved in, uh, at the time I was involved in Atlanta Executive Network, AEN. That's where the majority of my original clients came from many, many years ago. Out of that, I developed too many freelance clients to continue to work at CNM because I wasn't, literally I was not sleeping, because if I was going in at 11, getting off at seven, going to go meet with clients all day, then trying to get to sleep before 11, trying to do all the work and meeting with folks. so. Eventually, one day, I said, "Let's let's leave," and so that's where Southern Web started. After that,
2: And how'd you come up with the name Southern Web?
4: Oh, you want the story? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> now we do. Okay, I went to go meet with a company. A company called me that was way outside the city in a, in Conyers. Um, Nothing wrong with Conyers.
3: <laughs> that's
4: with OTP. Yeah, OTP. Outside of the it perimeter. Is.
2: Out there.
4: So, so, and out there. Um, and like I had, five miles. I had named my company after a Coen Brothers movie from the early 90s called Barton Fink. Has anyone seen the, this movie? All right. Neither had these guys in Conyers. <laughs> and so for the first 15 minutes of the meeting, I was explaining... The name of my company. We didn't talk about their website at all. We just talked about this Cohen Brothers moving and why would I name my company after Cohen? It was awful. And so on the drive back on I-20 back into Atlanta, I was saying, I'm going to give my company the most clear name possible so that we can talk about websites and digital marketing rather than talk about. You know, a Coen Brothers movie, which if you haven't seen it, go, go I haven't
2: and, seen <laughs> it, but <laughs> <go, laughs> yeah, hopefully you out. get you, yeah. you, you, you get some royalties for bringing that movie up. <laughs> so one other interesting factoid, you're also an Eagle Scout.
4: I am. Yes. So
2: that is anytime I meet an Eagle Scout to me, an Eagle Scout is is the next step. From, you know, like when you give a veteran and you say thank you for your service. So, anytime I meet a, a guy who made it all the way up the rankings, because it's not, I'm just taking it seriously. It is yeah. very serious and it's not an easy thing to do. So, I always want to, you know, commend people. And I think that, you know, scouting is one of those things that we kind of poo poo in today's world, but I think it's so important for young men. And young women on the Girl Scout side to to be a part of something and be responsible for things. So it's moving up to D one. Yeah. I'm proud of you, sir.
4: Thank you. you uh, <laughs> and, and at that time in your life, it's very difficult because you have so many other things pulling and pushing at you.
2: And you're a teenager and and scouting at that at that point when you're in your, you know, later years of high school is not the cool thing to be associated with. Mm-hmm.
4: No, no. And we did not have the coolest uniforms. I belong to <laughs> The oldest Boy Scout troop in America It's called Pale One. Our uniforms were not the normal Boy Scout uniforms. We had World War II Boy Scout uniforms that were entirely in wool.
2: Oh, wow. oh, no.
4: And, you know, in the summer, uniforms from World War II were in wool. And so we kept these World War II uniforms, sewed our Boy Scout patches on it. And in summer, winter, what have you. So that in itself was not cool, but you were proud of your uniform
1: and odorous as it may have been after a summer of
4: camping. I... <laughs> <laughs> and what a lot of people don't talk about in Boy Scouts <laughs> is how parents also deserve the Eagle Scout yeah. because right. yeah, they are chauffeur. It's like travel ball. It, it, exactly, it is exactly like that. They have to. They're your Uber driver. They are there with all twenty-one merit badges that you have to go get. They, uh, a, there should be a corresponding Eagle Scout badge for parents once they, once they achieve that. That's,
2: uh, I agree. Yeah. Very
0: impressed. I Thanks. made it to WebLow, but that was as far as I got. Anyhow, um, in the past mm-hmm. decade, there's been a lot of changes in web development. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that?
4: Sure. Um, when I first started developing websites, we mm-hmm. either developed them by hand mm-hmm. using just a normal text editor or you would have this awful bit of software called FrontPage. <laughs> um, you know, people are raising their hands. We're on radio, they yeah. can't. But <laughs> Been there, done that. That was a awful. That was Microsoft, right? Or oh, didn't they
2: buy it from someone?
4: It yeah. was horrible. It was, it was horrible. Scary. And uh, so there was that. Then that transitioned to Dreamweaver. Um, and we, we stayed in Dreamweaver for about four or five years there. And then things started to transition into more of the content management systems, and there were some false starts that we got with different content management systems. And then, as you mentioned earlier, WordPress started to take hold. And so, uh, for the last five years, that's all we've been developing our sites in is WordPress.
0: Well, it, it, you know, we could tell that you're very successful uh, so far, um, but it's really tough to be successful in, in this competitive market. And what? Uh, What's the landscape look like right now?
4: It has changed. When I first started the firm, we were a web development firm that did digital marketing. Now we're a digital marketing firm that happens to do web development. Because for so many firms, it's it's not about the aesthetic of the site for so many companies. It's about how many leads they generate off the site, how they appear publicly to the in terms of their competition does their website look comparable does it give them the gravitas that they need to go get that client and so that dynamic has changed and that's been the big aha and i'm seeing across the industry where other firms where now it used to be maybe 70 30 70% development 30% digital marketing where they do ads or seo or something like that that dynamic has inverted itself, where it's 70% now of doing digital marketing, SEO, pay-per-click ads, Google AdWords, Bing, Facebook ads. And then the lesser part is the web development piece.
2: So what, what recommendations would you give to a Soho or a, to a small business <laughs> owner um, before they venture into a digital marketing strategy and I always, you know, in talking to a lot of small business owners it's like what comes first is it the horse before the cart the cart before the horse you know they know they need a website but after they build the website then they realize they haven't done this and they need to do that and so what what recommendations or what would you what advice would you give to them
4: start with the end that's what I that's always what I suggest if your goal is in terms of presenting yourself as Thought leader, a subject matter expert, have that in terms of the goals and write them down before you even get started. If your goal is to derive five leads a month from the website or 10 or 100 or 1,000, whatever those things are, start with that end in mind because the vehicle is the website. The vehicle is the website. It's keeping in mind the backwards math you have to do to get to those five leads, Mm -hmm. to get to that 10 leads. Or to get to that comparable status as, let's say, a luxury leader. And then find out where you fit in that. If you're positioned on price, then Amazon may be your marketplace. But if you're positioned on relationship and luxury and that you are in a different place, Amazon's not going to help you position yourself in that. So you have to then build your website as a market leader in terms of that. So that the people look at it and go, this is the the top level. These are, you know, the experts in that.
2: I looked at your website, and in addition to it being mobile friendly, one of the the things, one of the takeaways that I that I took away from it is that I'm going to refer your website to other people who want to be known as thought leaders, and the reason for that is um, I was looking at your blog, and what struck me, and and, I, and I'm going to encourage everyone to to take a look at his blog.
4: Southernweb.com. At
2: Southernweb.com. <laughs> And I don't know if you can get to it from each of the people's, you know, your team's pages, but I got to it from your, from clicking on you, Mm -hmm. uh, Drew Barton. Um, So what I found was there was an article. Now I don't remember what the subject was. It was either, um, oh my gosh. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter what it was about, but the information that was provided in the article as a small business owner, it hit so many different points. So one, it was giving me information. Two it was talking to me about the taxation of buying it had to do with buying certain types of software and developing a website. Oh, yeah, and in the article, it talked about what the IRS considers you know hardware, what the IRS considers software, that there may be uh, taxation differences. And I thought about that, and I said, man, as a business owner, we we do want to know what you know to get what we need, but then there's another part of us that's always thinking about the money. you know, how is this going to help me? How is this going to impact my bottom line? And I thought that that was so important. So I wanted to, you know, again, just commend you that, you know, I, I again, really got sucked into your website and had to pull myself back. Like, no, 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 (laughs) we don't have time to read everything. But um, so what what other resources or do you have resources available to help educate your uh, small business owner, uh, the small business owners that are out there?
4: Well, to recap what that blog article is, about, in case you don't. Go to the website but you should uh, but if you don't that article is about how often you should redesign your website a lot of people ask me that and they don't there's not a written answer on that but i was figuring if i buy a server from you i can talk to my accountant and they will tell me the rate at which i can depreciate it on my taxes well i figured the same thing has to be true with the technology that you're buying in terms of the website and so the IRS has rules in which you can depreciate assets, and an asset being this marketing vehicle of, of the website. And so I talked uh, in that article about the rate in which you can redo your website. Uh, too long, didn't, re- you know, didn't read. It's, it's 36 months. Uh, so you should be revamping your website every 36 months. Is kind of, but still go read to the article. To what
1: extent? Are you talking about? Some visual elements? Are you talking about just sweeping it out and putting a new one in? I mean, how, how much should you redo?
4: Well, and that's what's changed in terms of the market. So the, there's two parts of your website outside of the digital marketing and such. You've got the back end piece, which is operated by Joomla or Drupal or WordPress. And then you've got the front end aesthetic of how it looks on the front end. And you've got to keep that updated in terms of the responsiveness on your mobile device. So um, that front end piece is what you should be concerned about. The back end piece, WordPress, Drupal, Joomla, those systems update automatically. So you don't have to worry in the same cases you once did with the back end software, because it's updating the same as your iPhone software updates on its own. You just have to buy new technology. You're when you're buying a new phone, you're buying a new aesthetic piece to view your your calls to, to operate on. The operating system, whether you've had an iPhone 6 or an iPhone 5 or whatever the new phone is, it's running the same operating system, which is the same as websites today. So it's more about being concerned about what the front-end aesthetic is looking like. So in terms of whether you iterate or go full-scale on a full redesign, that's really up to you. But part of it is you know, taking a look at your competitors in the space. Taking a look at your own pride. You know, when you look at the website, are you? is that your best foot forward? Because that's your first foot forward. And if you're looking at the website and saying, mm, my competition looks better, then it might be time to you know, look at revamping it.
2: You're making me feel bad. Um, well, the, the, so the, the passion. The passion, right? Here. Like, yeah. man, do I feel great when I look <laughs> at my website? No, I don't. <laughs> so what, what, what resources, um, just to bring it back to, how do you help educate small business owners?
4: Sure. Um, well, there's a number of tools out there okay. um, to, to check out to see if your website's operating properly. You can look at Google PageSpeed um, to see how quickly the site is loading, especially on the mobile devices, because you may not have full internet service on your mobile device as you're running around town. Tools.pingdom.com will also tell you how quickly the site is, what things are weighing down the site. And there are different page uh, site scores in terms of SEO that you can take a look at on the site as well to see just how well you're ranking for particular key terms.
2: So I know that you're writing a book. Is that something I can talk about?
4: It is. (laughs) It is.
2: So what's your book about?
4: The title of the book is The Buyer's Guide to Websites. And it's coming out in October. Um, I just got the, the cover art in today, and I'm getting pretty jazzed about it.
2: Advanced copies around the table. I'm telling you. <laughs> All I'm right.
4: telling you. It's great. And so what it does is it walks you through the process of building a website, and it gives you the questions to ask before you get started. Because if you're not laying the right foundation with the website, you're either going to slow down and stop the process You'll end up with the product that you didn't want, or you'll hire the wrong person to do it. And all too often, we end up hiring the person because either they got referred to us, or we found them on the internet, or…
2: Fiverr.
4: or f- <laughs> Yes, we paid $5 for a website, <laughs> and we thought that was going to turn out okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My buddy's friend's
1: cousin's former roommate was supposed to be really good at it. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Drew,
0: how do you uh, measure a a client's return on
1: investment?
4: It's about having a real brutal conversation with the client in the first phase. Like, what is the value of a client? Is it $5 or is it $500,000? And then to find out how many of those leads, how many people have to contact you to become a client. So, so, for some clients, that's one out of one. Every person that reaches out to them becomes a client. But for more often than not, it's one in 10. And so, to start doing the backward math of saying, okay, in order for me to get one sale that might be a half million dollars, I need to then generate 10 leads. And then, using the law of 100, which is what I use in marketing, in order to get as you know from real estate, <laughs> you've got to send out a hundred postcards to get one person to just, hey, you know, that doesn't even mean that they're going to get to the closing table with you. That's just one person to just, respond, hey, and I, yeah. you know, and you may have to get four or five hays to get someone to the hey, closing table.
1: quit sending these to me.
4: <laughs> 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 but to do the backward math on that, say, okay, well, one lead out of a hundred and I have to get 10 of those, so I've got to get 1,000 people to the website to get one person to the closing table. And that's the kind of backwards math that I tell people to do in terms of revenue and, and, and that type of thing. So if your average closing produces a $10,000 check to you, for you to do the backwards math into how much you can spend to do the marketing behind it, it's, it's math, if anything.
2: I like numbers, <laughs> and I like those types of numbers. I'm, oh, oh, boy,
0: what's the, what's the future look like?
4: Well, let's
2: let's quantify that. The future of your industry.
4: Yes. Because
2: sure. we can talk about lots of futures. <laughs> True.
4: <laughs> I think there's going to be greater improvements in these website builders. I, I it just makes sense. It's 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 you can go to Squarespace, you can go to Wix, you can go to GoDaddy, and you can build a website for $5. It looks really nice. It does. It, and I can't compete as a, as a professional web developer. I can't compete with that. If you can pay $5 and get a product that is workable, if you're a plumber, what I'm seeing that our market is changing is towards doing the marketing, towards getting people to that website. Um, whether they use a website builder or they're using another product out there whether it be WordPress or Wix I'm just seeing the market is changing towards doing more marketing Facebook ads Google ads SEO towards those things email marketing that's where the that's where our market is shifting because there's not a that has not been commoditized in, in our market that's not a you can't get someone that can consult with you and say, those website builders don't do that. They don't do the backwards math with you. They don't know what your pain is, what you're trying to drive to, what your goals are, what your KPIs are that you're trying to drive your business towards. And so that's, that's our shift is turning towards more consultancy than actually in the construction and development. Not only that, you could also send your development project overseas. Now, here in the States, we just can't compete with our labor market with India or Philippines or Malaysia. We just can't do it. Uh, even Eastern Europe. So what we're seeing is, but we can compete on the consultancy piece because we know the market. We understand what your needs are. And that's where our market's changing.
0: Great. Um, if a, a business owner wanted to come to you, uh, they're going to want to put together what their they're going to want to help. You're going to help them with that backwards math. Is that
4: correct? That's right. That's right. Because otherwise it might make sense that they spend 20 bucks on Squarespace. If the ROI isn't there, by all means use Squarespace. If, if your profit margin is a, is a $5, you know, logo, you don't need a website. You can participate in an, in a, In Fiverr or Etsy or one of these larger marketplaces that already provides you with the website. So.
2: And you do help people with, if someone, say, has a a website, um, but they have no idea how to approach digital marketing, Mm -hmm. um, that's your area of expertise? That's right. Okay.
0: True, it's been a pleasure. Learning this has about been you. exciting. I ta- I wanna, now, yeah, like I want to talk a, more. A I'm not done. Thoughts, no, we can get into I have a lot of questions for <laughs> the two of
2: you. But Joanne. I want to uh, talk about servers and websites and digital marketing. <laughs> as soon as we're off the air. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we're done here.
0: Well, CW, I understand you have some uh, new news. Uh,
3: some new news?
1: We're moving. Yeah. Again. I think we might land for a little while, though. It sounds like we'll be able to build some partnerships and uh,
2: and there's uh, AC there.
1: There is. It's really cool <laughs> in, in a couple of ways, literally and figuratively. Yes. We're approaching seventy nine degrees here in the studio right now. It won't be there that way. There. I'm moving in with uh, Dan Dunlop at Dunlop Productions on Howl Mill, just south of where Chattahoochee comes in. be easy to get to for just about anybody in the city. You'll get to park right outside. It'll be nice right in front of the building walk-in. There'll be a nice green room for for folks to hang out.
2: There's a bar.
1: There is, (laughs) yes. We might actually have beverages there for for adults.
2: Lots of bottled water and seltzers. That's right. Coca-Cola's.
1: And um, so we're really excited about it. Basically, um, in addition to that, we'll be stepping away from the Business Radio X platform. We'll be moving over to iHeartRadio. I've been streaming for the last year plus, actually two 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 and a half years on iHeartRadio. And because some of my focus as a business development person, that's what I do when I'm not here, uh, is more nationally focused rather than being here local. We're moving over to the national platform. So when I say, hey, I've got the Health Executive Roundtable show, would you like to join us on iHeartRadio? Someone's going to say, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. So Uh, We're excited about that. It'll give us the ability to use some of the revenues we were spending um, here for things like promoting content uh, to drive listeners further, do some of the things that Drew was talking about with regards to digital marketing, pay for some help so we can get files out quickly, things like that. Um, So I'm excited about that. Um, It'll be cool to let people like Dan experience meeting people. I mean, that's what we're all about, basically we're a radio show and there's definite value plugging into what you were talking about, drew with regards to getting people to your website. Part of what Google wants is fresh content. That's what we put out every week is content, but be, more importantly than that, the listeners are great. And we certainly appreciate everybody out there who takes time to check out the show. But what really the magic happens here in the studio, that's um, at least for our clients, that's, that's who they're, they're They need to meet you or you need to meet Bruce. Right. And so, Rather than buying an ad and hoping Bruce sees it and hoping he clicks on it, hope he calls you, we say, hey, Bruce, this is Drew, Drew, this is Bruce. Why don't we have a conversation for about an hour and see what happens? Um, And so we believe that with some of these newer collaborations and our new location, I think um, the studio experience will be that much more interesting it's a studio it's it's even more sound dressed than what we have here. It, you feel like you're in a studio actually like not that you didn't hear this always has but this is it's taking little, it up a, another level yeah. because they do some video and sound production there as well. They have band practice. So there's some cool cool things. the show will be shifting over. it'll be the uh, uh, the business executive roundtable and the healthcare executive roundtable. And the Top Docs radio show will probably continue with Medical Association of Georgia. I think they really like that brand. They've been with it for three years, so they'll probably keep that. But I'm really excited.
2: I'm very excited as well for so many reasons. Mm. Although now my recording, my shows, uh, Emma Knows Money and Timely Talk have to revolve around your studio time to make sure we're not <laughs> at the same time. But, um, you know, We'll have um, a
1: shared calendar. We'll make
2: it work. Yeah, we'll make it work. Uh, he, he's a very... Uh, You know, a very easygoing guy, so I know we can do that. Um, Joanne, can you tell well, is there anything else that you wanted to No, stay tuned. We'll start
1: we'll start Is this after Labor Day? Um, I hope to have it done by the end of this month. So either third or fourth week of August, we'll be there. And so either the last week of this month or first week of September, we'll be in our new digs. I'm excited. I'm excited. It'll be fun. We'll do some cool stuff. Maybe we'll be able to get into what the work I was wanting to do, tying in what we do here with the work I'm trying to do on behalf of the Cobb library, for Correct. example.
2: And that's what I was wondering is yeah. it, are we going to be you're going to be able to kind of leverage some of um, some of the other things that you wanted to do um, being at Studio D or Dunlop Productions? That's right. I, I know, like what it we're, what we're calling it now.
1: <laughs> yes. so stay tuned. Now, I will say if you're a business, if you're a b two b company, you were talking about what's the what's the client work? Uh, if you're one of those companies, you need to meet a C-suite somebody, and it's hard. You, you want to call them up and talk about Shazam is selling software as a service that you sell. They don't really want to hear it. But if you sit and chat for an hour and they get to know you, they might take your call when you say, Hey, we should have a cup of coffee. You said this and such when we were talking. I can help you with that. If you're one of those B2B companies and your, your service or product is on the expensive side, come and talk about it. We might be able to link you up with some of those people you're trying to reach. So. I'm looking forward to uh, our our new directions. You all were changing directions here recently and rubbed off
2: on me. Yes. Change is good. I agree. Change is good. Change is good. Let's go. Change is great. (laughs) So, Joanne, can you tell the listeners how do they reach out to you if they are in a situation um, and they may want to spruce up uh, some of the hardware that they have?
3: Well, we have a website. (laughs) And that website address is ediatlanta.com. Very easy. Or they can call 770 279 8888 and ask for Joanne or extension 131. What was I'm sorry. It's so If <laughs> So, if, if, uh, if uh, uh, a business owner
2: wants to reach out to you or to your company uh-huh. um, and they have questions, how do they
4: find you? Always on email. So do you have a website? You know that's a really good idea. (laughs) We should do that. Let me write that down. Uh it's Drew at southernweb.com and the website is southernweb.com.
2: And can people find you on the Twitter and the Facebook and the Instagram?
4: Yes, I am on the Twitter. What are you who are you on the Twitter? (laughs) I am Drew Barton on the on the Twitter.
2: At Drew Barton on Twitter.
4: And I've been having a blast with the Twitter lately.
2: It's fun, isn't it?
4: You know, Facebook is all the people you went to high school with, and Twitter is all the people you wish you went to high school with. Oh. Yeah. That's what I that's what I love about Twitter. You get to pick who you know follow and where yeah. Facebook you accept a friendship. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's a much cooler high school.
2: <laughs> 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 and Bruce, how do people reach out to you?
0: Uh, you can reach you can reach me at uh, Bruce at CommonGroundRealEstate dot com, 6930 uh, or you can go to the Common Ground Real Estate website. Are you on Twitter yet? I need your help, Emma. <laughs> I need I need to learn how to be a twit, and I need to. <laughs> Uh, uh, understand how to use that Instagrammy thing too. Is she going to be able to teach you about how to be a
4: twit?
2: (laughs) That I can do. (laughs) That I can definitely, I can, I can teach you how to be a twit.
4: (laughs) If the president can use Twitter. Oh, I can use Twitter.
0: (laughs) I have an account. I just haven't, I haven't been using it effectively. So you don't use uh, it at all, man. You don't use it at all. You don't use it at all. All So
2: I need your help. Yes, I can help you. So how do I get in touch with you? On Twitter at Emma Knows Money. <laughs> um, email address is Emma at greenwoodwm.com and our website is greenwoodwealthmanagement.com.
0: Emma, I have a question for you. Are you getting prepared for our annual awards dinner?
2: Oh, you're funny. Yes, I am. I'm getting prepared for a lot of stuff. Um I found out, I think it was last week, that I was not, I'm not, I've been nominated for businesswoman of the year uh, with the AGLCC. And it's funny that I had to get a message from our general manager, even though my wife sits on the board. (laughs) I don't know if she knew or she just was someplace else mentally, but she didn't tell me. (laughs) So I found out um, and I'm really excited about it. I haven't done a marketing campaign to ask people to vote for me
4: yet. Aren't Um, you both nominated? Yes, we are. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I literally
2: don't know what's going on. Like, on in the world right now. Um,
0: if you go to our website.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm also, I was gearing up um, uh, marketing-wise because I'm going to be in the Wall Street Journal and Forbes or Fortune, one of those two, and the Atlanta, um, Atlanta Magazine in October for being one of the top um, wealth managers in the city. So I was, all my focus has kind of been there. And then this pops up and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is a great thing to have happen. Now let's figure out how to how to incorporate it? I mean, the whole digital marketing stuff is a beast, um, especially when you're not, you know, prepared for it. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that's we'll very cool,
2: about.
0: man. Congratulations to both yes. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, every time she shows up for one of these events, she's just a knockout, and I'm just everybody's like, yeah. looking <gasps> forward no, I mean, to we'll how wonderful she looks. No,
2: it's here. how I look.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So.
2: Yeah. So you just put more pressure on me because I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, it, it's a hard thing as a woman because you buy these dresses and you wear them once. And then you never want to be seen in them again. So um, I think I'm going to start donating them, and just realize that that's just going to be part of the of the process, or do rent the runway or something like that. Like figure it out. But Every year it's the same thing. Well, that's filled up for... an hour
0: with this show. Okay? Well, let's have fun. For it's been our, 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 our pictures. Um, I've got, I'm wearing a tux. Tickets are on sale. Go to www and uh, purchase your ticket for our June 22nd annual awards. Dinner?
2: Not June. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: September 22nd. Yes. It's a Friday. <laughs> it's going to be held at the the Westin In Buckhead. Yes. I uh, hope to see y'all. And
2: there. we do have a room block, I believe, for people that want to stay the night. You know, definitely go ahead and do that.
1: If you have not done so yet, subscribe to the show. That way, each week when the new episode comes out, it'll be downloaded straight to your device. We only have a couple of them left, and they'll, they'll get sent to you. And then we'll let you know with the new details for the yes. for the new brand whenever it comes out, and you'll make sure hopefully that you subscribe to us there as well. So when you have some time, you can check out our show, meet these cool guests that we have and turn around and share this, man. Put it out on LinkedIn, put it out on Facebook. This is all about getting the word out and doing that nice little thing of just hitting share. You may just be helping somebody out that means something to you You didn't even realize by doing that. So everybody who shares our content, who makes time to check us out each week, we really appreciate you very much. It's great been having both of you in the studio with us today. It's been awesome. Thank A lot you. of fun. always fun and then Bruce and Emma always it's (laughs) we're we're
2: getting this thing down we're getting this down to. I mean hey if I could fly in here 60 seconds before we go on (laughs) the air boom I'm good
1: (laughs) everybody out there we'll see you next time see you then